So, all right. Tell me your name, who you are, and what you do. Bernie Lease with Balsam Brands. I'm the Vice President of Operations. I oversee our global customer service teams based in the Philippines, North America, and Europe. Wow. And what I found interesting as we were walking over here is everyone I talk to thinks about customer experience as a year-round activity, but you focus on seasonal. Hyper-seasonal. Hyper-seasonal. Yeah. So set the stage for the listeners. What does that even mean? I think for our business, Dennis, means that we, we sit, we don't sit around and do nothing for nine months a year, but we're kind of in prep, prep phase. We just sit and we work really hard with February 1st to about September 1st to get ready. And then we start to, to really start to handle the business. That's when people start to buy Christmas trees. So our business, Balsam Brands, Balsam Hills, our flagship brand, people buy Christmas trees in the fall. We've been trying to convince them for years to buy them in the spring, but we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> so everything happens in that quarter four type of period. And so we start to ramp up our seasonal teams in that matter. And then as of about uh, October 15th, it starts to spike. And then that Thanksgiving weekend, things just shoot through the roof for us. And so we have to be ready to go from zero to 150 miles an hour in about three or four weeks with our teams. Is it fair to say you ramp up and you wrap down seasonally? Yeah, a good analogy for us is kind of Mount Everest, right? We're at base camp and around September 1st. And then we summit that in December. And then by end of January, we're back to base camp on the other side of the mountain. And that's just the nature of our business. And so we... We've started to get our, our arms around how to ramp up our seasonal teams in doing that. And we have some really good partners to help us out. But it's been a learning curve over the last like, almost 12 years now with Balsam is how to do that well. How to take somebody off the street, get them just a couple weeks of training, have them take a lot of phone calls or emails and live chats for four or six weeks, and then they go away. Right? And how do we do that successfully with our brand? Our items luxury good. Our customers are paying a lot of money for a green plastic triangle in essence. And they expect a premium experience if something were to occur on the back end of that order. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like, I mean, what an interesting challenge. You, I can see no problem ramping up, but it seems like ramping down every year would destroy your reputation. <laughs> but that doesn't happen for you. Well, you, you have good partners. That's the thing, right? So we have really good partners. They've modeled it out for us, Dennis, for that. When we ramp down, they've got other clients in the building, so their teammates can then move to different clients, right? Different accounts, and they're not being thrown on the street at a job trying to claim unemployment. For us, too, is the experience that we try to provide our, our seasonal folks in all of our geographies is that when they're on our account, we try to make it Christmas everywhere in the building, if possible, or in their homes. Oh, yeah. So that when they do get done with it, they're like, you know what? That was really intense. It was a lot of hard work for eight to 12 weeks. But I want to come back and do it again next year, right? So it's really important that we set the culture internally with our partners, too. When you talk about that, you know, one of the things that's sort of broken my heart, I I have two, I have three children. They're all pretty much grown past Christmas time. And we, fortunately, we still had a strong uh, traditional Christmas tree presence. And, but I feel like, the younger generations now, they just don't have Christmas the way it was back in the day. And I'll give you an example. I remember being a child. There was just a few shows on television. When they come on, came on, you knew it was the season. You knew when you sat there and you watched uh, the Peanuts Christmas or uh, all these things, uh, Wizard of Oz, all these things that would come on during that season. And it was like a vibe. So there was like a couple of weeks where you were just like, it's this season. And I feel like with 
all of the social media, all the channels, all the content, all the major blockbuster movies, Christmas as a whole is harder to wrap our family's arms around. But you are like the last holdout, one of the last holdouts <laughs> of pure Christmas time, it sounds like. Pretty much. We try our best, right? And so and that, that's the blessing that we have. We're so lucky that people invite us into their homes with our products and our goods and our services. And we got to make sure then, because of that, I guess really just that, that being there for them is really cool. We have to make sure that we deliver on that, on the experience too. And so it's a, Christmas is a very important event for people. Our goods, we call our goods, Dennis, expiring goods. Really, okay. kind of like an airline seat. If we don't get the Christmas tree set up and working in time for their party or their family event, it's gone. We miss it for the next year. So it's critical for us that even though it's a durable good, lasts many, many years, that when there's an issue or when they need help, we are there for them in real time on their schedule in the channel they prefer. And it's done very, very fast, right? That's just the market that all retailers are doing. We call it the Amazon effect when I first started 10 years okay, ago. yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 years ago, it was like, you could respond to an email in 24 to 48 hours. Not a big deal. You're left behind the dust. That's kind of like talking about fax machines from the 80s now. Emails have to respond to you within two to four hours. Otherwise, people are going to be on the phone or they're going to be on live chat or they're going to be on social media. So we've had to adapt our business as every retailer has, right? But for us too, with the Christmas season and the emotional aspect that goes along with buying our products and goods, we have to make sure that we're there for them, right? And that's been a key one. <clears throat> so I'm, I have some I, I have some hard I have some hard hitting questions. Okay. Always you can feel free to say pass because this is about having a great conversation. You'll probably know more than anyone. I I have these assumptions. Is Christmas on the incline or the decline as a trend for as a family holiday? Would you say? Like so, it's interesting because my perception Christmas is like vaporizing, but then you've just talked to me earlier. Your business has been uh, growing and you've been very successful. So there's two opposing trends there. Which one is, I'm, yeah. I'm fine if I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't know. If I, I don't have any data. Maybe ChatGPT can give us the data, right? <laughs> but we, we're seeing growing in our business. And I think that especially after COVID happened, there was this sense of people started to value interactions together, with family yeah. because they couldn't get together for years sometimes or even longer in some cases. So having those connections during really important family events was big for us. And I think that was, it, it's happened on a personal level for me as well as probably other people as well. You just miss those moments. You don't think about it in real time. It's like, okay, it's Christmas. I'm going to see the family, the in-laws, not a big deal. When COVID happened, people couldn't travel or they didn't, or some people didn't want to travel. And so you can start to miss those moments and as you get older in life and you realize there's only a certain amount left. And so we've seen, I think, for some people, Christmas became a little bit of a bigger event, especially in that 2020, 2021 range, where they really wanted to decorate their house, especially with grandma and grandpa. They wanted to bring the family together again. They hadn't had Christmas in a while, so they really went all out. And those are the moments that, again, it's a privilege to be part of those with our, with our customers and clientele. Yeah. You know, the Christmas tree, I, I haven't set my Christmas tree up for the last two years, three years. <laughs> and the reason is, I think we have... We must have like a 14 foot tree and it's a lot of work, but we have a tree for you, by the way. I, I'm suddenly thinking, <laughs> you know what? This year you're like, get, I'll be like another, I'll be another like loyal yes. customer. Tell me about your insights around. I know you're going to be speaking tomorrow. Can you give us some Cliff's notes in terms of what, what is, what, what knowledge will you share with? the customer care industry about ramping up and seasonality? I think we, we try to make sure is we want our, our agents, anybody else who's a front line for our customers, we want them to be able to focus on the customer in real time. 
and make that their most important one, two, and three priority. In the past, when we first started, we were like, okay, here's some general guidelines, folks. That's has an issue, kind of follow these guidelines. But then the agent was, well, wasn't listening to the customer's problem. They're going, where do I go for that answer? What do I do next? And so we, had, we took that all off the table and said, here's a very detailed process to flow. If this happens, then do this for our customers. It's not a step-by-step verbatim script, but it's just guidelines. And what it's done for our agents is they now feel more comfortable. People who go into customer service, by the way, Dennis, as you know, right? They're just generally, they want to help people out. Yeah. And you, when you take that ability away from them, it takes their fulfillment the job away. And they're not happy, then our customers aren't happy. So our big thing was give them the knowledge, the tools, the resources at their fingertips that they can get an answer within half a second. And all they have to do is focus on the customer and solving their issue or answering their question. That's been a big boon to us in terms of success of our business and also our customers being a hell of a lot more happy. Are there new tools or solutions that have helped you capture this growth? and Because, you know, when, we, when a company grows to the extent that yours has, no pun intended, <laughs> you have to invest in a certain number of tools or or platforms that help you maintain and sustain like you can't if you dump in a bazillion dollars you don't continue to maintain your growth so what what do you what do you, what are your secrets there can you share no secrets just lessons learned right okay. and before like you said before we, we tried to be just general ballpark and here's a little those are sheet follow we try to be more prescriptive we put in really keywords and phrases into our into our knowledge base so our agents can type in Light's not working for our, our trees come pre lit. Most of them, right? They say light's not working, right? It pulls up the article and it, has, and it has five to seven steps that they can go through the customer. And if it doesn't work, we tell them where to go and what to do next, right? There's also if then statements saying it seems at it, it first it was like, gosh, that seems really too prescriptive. We don't want our agents to sound scripted, but they're not. They don't sound scripted. What you're doing is you're giving them guidelines that allow them to focus on solving issues, not worry about going like, oh gosh, it didn't work. I don't know. And again, how do you troubleshoot something over the phone? It's really hard because you're not seeing it visually. And so we've taken those and minimized the steps down and said, as from the customer's perspective, make it a very low friction process. From the agent's perspective, make it really easy to resolve or fix, right? So if it's not working, we don't sit there and say, send in pictures to show us your tree is not working. Right? <laughs> Thank you. Finish your seat. We just sit there and say, we'll send you a new item or send you a new section, whatever it might be, right? We fix it. And we want those calls to be seven, eight minutes, right? get on the phone, there's an issue, move on to the next one, and just resolve Let the customers get back to celebrating Christmas, not worried about what they're going to do with their truth. not working. I love it. So sometimes on CX the lot, I guess most of the time, I try to, I like to hear about what you do, but I think what I like to hear about is what you, how you think. So you've evolved as a customer-centric leader. What, when, when, when did you realize you we're destined for customer experiences. <laughs> March 27th, 2012. I'm just joking. I have no idea. I think it just, it's, it was evolved. I mean, like my initial role at Balsam really wasn't as the customer service guy. It was more of get our operations in order generally, which is get our, our boxes shipped the right way. We make sure we have a really good distribution network. And then make sure the customer service center at least did the basic things. We were reading the basic things right, Dennis. It was blocking and tackling, right? And so really what my, my focus has been is I'm not a call center guy. I didn't grow, I didn't cut my teeth in a call center. And so my biggest thing has been, I, my best value is to provide our partners with the strategic vision and then give them the tools needed. They're the experts in it. I let them do their thing on a regular basis. They're the best at it. But providing the vision of our company, where we want to be, how we want the service to be 
delivered, and then give them the tools and the freedom to create their own processes. That was probably the, the biggest aha moment I've had over the last you know, seven, eight years. Is in some ways you're describing, you know, I always try to, I always think about these examples like cupping water. You like can squeeze water, try to hold on to water, squeeze it out, but if you cup it, it sounds like you've introduced a certain amount of autonomy or freedom or flexibility in your culture mm -hmm. that has helped you be resilient. It's, is that it's, fair? It is, yeah. It's, there's a book called The Multipliers. I'm not sure if you've read it before. It's an older book. It's about how leaders go in and do you multiply your team to be better or do you are you really kind of like, you're? I'm the, I'm the sergeant, I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. My style has never been that way. And, and I always say, if I'm the smartest guy in the room, we're in trouble. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This, that just, that's just the way it is. I don't want to, to know how to run a call center. I really don't. Not on a daily basis. That's not my expertise. I don't find it interesting longer term. But what I want to do is I want to provide the amazing experience to our customers for Balsam Brands and our team. And my, my biggest, I guess, joy in life is to make sure that we then give the team the, the ability to do that. And they come up with the systems and the process and the ideas. And I'm just there to kind of help implement and coach them along to deliver the end result. In your system, who is the smartest person in the room? <laughs> like, what role is that? I'd say... It's hard to say. I'd say it's a multiple people. Like who? Who are these? Oh, I'd roles? say we've got our internal team, our director of customer strategy, Rick, amazing guy. Uh, he has twenty-five years. Flipped. Years. So a director of strategy. Director of strategy. And what he, other he role? Came in. Um, we have our customer service strategy manager. Uh, those teams, and then our BPO partners, right? Uh, task us and support services group. They were companies that came in five or six years ago. They said, yeah, you're super seasonal. We'll still take you on as a client and a partner. And they've evolved their systems and tools internally sure. to meet our demands of our thing without diminishing the aging experience or our customer experience. Or for us as a brand, it hasn't. it's given us runway to grow with them. We haven't had to say in two years, like, okay, we're super seasonal. We hate you now. Get out of the building. Right, right. Awesome. They're like, this is pretty cool. We, we figured out how to hire 200 people in six weeks, right? Those are the types of things, Dennis, that have been really, really fortunate for us to be a part of. That's nice. What what is the Christmas tree experience anyway? <laughs> it's, it's it's personalized. It really is. For some people, it is they want to get in, they want to experience the catalog, they want to experience the site, they want to call us, they want to talk about three or four trees, and get our opinion and get our validation that they're choosing the right thing. Yeah. Other people don't want to touch us at all. They do everything on their own. They don't want to ever deal with anybody of all at all, and that's okay, right? But I think for us, it's the experience has been those. They expect the premium product to arrive on time, to be amazing right. when they set it up. And if it's not, that they get that resolved within a matter of minutes. Is there, a, is there a, a, a trend in Christmas trees that's been recent? Are they getting taller? Are they getting smaller? Are they, is there anything? I'm curious just about it, the product. Depends on geography. Like, I'll give you a good okay. example. Okay, so, even better. So we, you know, we, we were a U.S.-based brand. We started U.S. and about 11 years ago, we launched in the United Kingdom. And we just took the trees from the U.S. and we launched them in the United Kingdom. And it didn't do very well. And we're like, well, why is this? Well, in the U.S., houses are big, tall, and wide. But in the I'm United in Kingdom, Texas, so yeah. Yeah, right. But in, in other areas, older homes, sometimes 100 years old, smaller spaces. And so that seven-foot tree that's four feet wide doesn't really fit in their space anymore. And so we had to like just kind of change the products to fit the niche of that geography. I'd say in the U.S. right now, Probably one of our fastest growing markets is trees are eight, eight to ten feet tall. And that's because houses being built, Dennis, 
are Barkers. getting bigger and ceilings are getting taller. So people want to make sure that their tree fits. You put a six and a half foot tree in a room with 10 foot ceilings, it's going to look pretty sparse. So you have to have the tree match the space. Your house is 14 foot ceilings. A seven and a half foot tree wouldn't look very good, right? Unless you have a just ginormous tree topper. Yeah. <laughs> right. But in essence, but you have to fit the space. And so I think for us, we're just seeing the trends. Um, in the U.S., two sparse trees are kind of coming back in, a little more natural looks, things like that. Are the, um, I, I remember those silver trees that had the lights on them. Is that still a thing? For some people, yeah. I think we're, we're traditional based. Most of our trees are green. Yeah. We've got some flocking and some, some, some fake snow, artificial snow. We don't say fake. It's a four-letter word. But that we do some stuff, but it's for us. It's more people really like the realistic. They traditionally like realistic. Yeah. And expectations in the old days, people would go down and you buy that Charlie Brown Christmas tree, right? That's what people thought yeah. of, and they thought, oh, they're fake. The market changed. I think Balsam Hill was a pusher of that 16 years ago when we started. Is that's an experience done unto itself. It's it. People didn't expect it. People thought, oh, it's plastic. It's like, well, yeah, it's plastic. But if you can't tell the difference when you when you see it from afar, they were doing our job, and that's what we've done. Is we've changed the market. To have the expectations now is like you don't settle for an artificial Christmas tree, you almost settle for a real tree because real trees now are cumbersome. You have to go to yeah. the lot, you have to bring it, it stinks, it dries out, you have to clean up the needles, right? Our trees, you just put them away in a bag and pop them back up again. And, and, and yeah, everything. <laughs> I, Bernie, I think I'm amazed to hear that you're um, you're sharing with the with the with the group here at CCW how to scale up, and I think. Be seasonal year after year to create these experiences. I'm 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 fascinated about the Christmas. Thank you for being a CX oh, leader in the in the holiday experiences because I think we need more like you. Thanks so much, Dennis. Appreciate the time. All right, awesome. Thank you, Bernie, and thank you for being on CX in the Wild.